Game Boy. My name is Kay, and this is our first episode. Uh, I really wanted to start a podcast about the Game Boy, but specifically about button pushes within the games. Um, so here we are. <laughs> um, so every month, week, I don't know what the cadence is going to be. We'll figure it out. Um, I will be picking a handful of games from the North American um, library, or sometimes Japanese if there's a translation out there or if it doesn't require a lot of reading, and I'll be playing through the games and talking about the button presses. Um, the Game Boy is probably my favorite console. I've been playing it since the early 90s, uh, inherited my, my first Game Boy, the uh, original DMG, you know, the, the, the large DMG model um, from my older sisters, and I've basically kept up with portable gaming since then. Uh, I've I moved from the Game Boy to Game Boy Pocket, Game Boy Color, um, Game Boy Advanced, SP, DSs, you know, Vita, PSP, that sort of thing, you know, intersecting with the links and uh, uh, Game Gear and, and Nomad at, at certain points. But, but yeah, this is going to be about the Game Boy. Uh, love this console. Um, I'm not going to really go over, you know, the history of the Game Boy or, you know, why people like the Game Boy. <laughs> it's all pretty much uh, well-worn territory. You can go get any of those, you know, thick, uh, uh, colorful tomes from any of the limited run publishers that have, you know, uh, uh, folks waxing nostalgia about playing games in the back seat and catching a glimpse of the screen underneath the streetlights and all that stuff. I, I'm not going to do that. The, the Game Boy is one of the most played and discussed consoles in history. Um, I just want to talk about the button presses uh, and which games I liked, which games I don't like. Uh, I don't have a host yet. I might ask some friends eventually to jump on and, and play some games with me um, uh, in the future, but for right now, it's just me. Um, today's episode, I thought I would just get all of the big games out of the way. I, I don't really want to talk or spend too much time about games that everybody knows, um, and, and those canonical Game Boy games, you know, like Pokemon, Mario Land, we'll, we'll get to the list in a, in a bit, but... You know, I don't need to discuss these games. Most people have played them. If you've been, you know, if you're interested in the Game Boy, I'm sure you've tried out at least one or two of these. I'm sure you know what Tetris feels like on the Game Boy and whatnot. But um, yeah, I wanted to just pull together a, a list of the quote unquote big ones um, and then go into more interesting stuff stuff I haven't played, stuff from, you know, uh, publishers and developers who aren't Nintendo R&D one <laughs> or, or, or uh, you know, the people who make the hardware. So um, yeah. So today we'll be going through uh, Super Mario Land, Super Mario Land 2, Wario Land, Super Mario Land 3, uh, Tetris, Dr. Mario, Metroid 2, Kirby's Dream Land, Link's Awakening, Pokemon Green, Red, US Red, US Blue, Yellow, Donkey Kong 94, and Donkey Kong Land. Um, I came up with this list not as a you know de facto canonical list of, 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 of the Game Boy library, but Generally, just from a combination of, of, of you know, sales numbers, what, what were the most sold and, and highest volume games by a mile. Um, but then also all those, you know, silly uh, uh, IGN top 10 Game Boy lists that all have the same intersection of, of taste and, 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 you know, most of these games overlap on, on those sorts of lists. So, yeah. Um, we will be talking about each of these games. I'll be talking about what the buttons do in each of the games, um, how the button feel works and, and, and how it feels to play, 
and then we'll give them a <laughs> we're gonna do a, a a ranking on a scale of select start b and a um which are the buttons on the game boy um it's arbitrary this is just based off of you know gut feeling so don't don't take this as this is a good game or not i'm just gonna be talking about the buttons and and you know give it a a, a gut feeling rating sort of like what people do on like letterboxd or something like that um all right so if you have not played original hardware game boy um i, I guess you don't need to to kind of understand how these button presses intersect with the gameplay um you know it, it definitely helps from a you know, from a context perspective to have the actual hardware and, and feel it in your hands. Um, and, and it's funny how actually over time you can start to th- lose your memories, your sense memories of, of what that felt like. Um, you know, there's certain things like the N64 joystick. I will always remember exactly what that felt like. Um, but certain things like going back to the Game Boy Color D-pad after a while or or the, um, the DSi. I never really played too much DSi. Um, and, and, you know, seeing a, a DSi at a thrift store recently and, and pressing the buttons and realizing, huh, this is not what I remembered at all. Um, you know, th- there's going to be some bearing if you're not playing on, on actual hardware. Um, but it's one of those things where game hardware is so expensive and emulation is so available <laughs> and easy to set up on every any platform that, you know, for the Game Boy, it's four buttons, right, plus a D-pad, um, unless you, you know, unless you really need that pea green soup uh, screen or the, you know, or, or the, the feeling of what these buttons actually are like, you know, you'll be fine just, just playing along on, on, a, on a laptop or keyboard um, if you want to get the general gist, you know, to get the full one-on-one uh, uh, experience. And, and some of these button presses are actually, you know, tied to the fact that B and A are resting on the bottom of your right thumb. Um, you know, where select and start are in relation to the buttons for things like resetting Game Boy games. Those are all important. Uh, that's all important context for interacting with, uh, you know, software on the console. Um, but if you just want to play and enjoy and say, oh, yeah, holding up in, Mar- in Wario Land feels great to stick to the roof, you know, that's still going to translate to a keyboard or if you're using like an Xbox controller on a PC. Um, so I'm not going to be too much of a stickler about that. You play it however you can get access to it. Um, but, but I will be talking from the perspective of playing this on uh, Game Boy hardware. I still have my original uh, DMG01. It says on the back here, you know, copyright 1989. Uh, let me see. Do I have a, a serial number? I do not, um, but I also have a uh, Game Boy Pocket uh, that was a recent thrift store find that I'll be playing on. And uh, in terms of the games, I won't be playing on Game Boy Color because, you know, much to my surprise, at a certain point, um, those are not the same thing in terms of spec and, and design. Uh, uh, you know, d- design platforms. The the Game Boy Color is actually much more powerful than the original Game Boy. So, you know, all the games I'll be playing were originally released for the combination Game Boy, Game Boy Pocket, Game Boy Light. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll cut to some music and then we'll come back and chat about the games. Okay, so <clears throat> number one, Super Mario Land, 1989, Nintendo R&D 1. 
I would say just for for folks who have been around Game Boys or households where people were playing Game Boy, this was probably a very common site or, or a commonly played game. Um, weirdly enough, growing up, we only had Super Mario Land 2, so it was like a rare treat to get to Super Mario Land 1. And I've always just been um, weirded out by this game. This game is very bizarre. They they needed to shrink down Mario to the Game Boy, and and just little tweaks about what was possible in like the design language and visual language of, of what a Mario game is. Just at this point in 1989, you know, wasn't fully nailed down to um, um, the same level that that it is now. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm gonna not try. I'm gonna try and not talk about these games just because everybody kind of knows what these are if you've been in this space before. Um, but yeah, Super Mario Land has just always been a, an odd one to me. Now, in terms of the game play, um, oh, you know what? Let's talk about the buttons first. The Game Boy buttons. So uh, if you haven't seen a Game Boy, you can you can you can bring up a picture online now. But generally, you've got the D-pad, uh, which is a four-finned or four-pronged D-pad with little raised grooves. I think it's like three raised grooves or at least textured areas on each of the fins of the D-pad. Um, if you look at the D-pad from the side, it's it's um, concave, so it's sort of curled outwards towards the player. Um, <clears throat> it's it's a really good D-pad. It's It's got a nice mushy feel that still has like a click at the end of it. Not like an audible click, but there's just that you know, mush that gives way to a full, like, depressed feeling on there. Um, the the area around the D-pad is sort of indented in, so there's a little circle indent around where the D-pad is. So diagonals feel really good to press because there's more give there. Um, I, I think this is a great D-pad overall. Um, we have B and A. Uh, B is on the left and A is on the right, which is in, in line with things like the NES uh, and, and the Super Nintendo and basically how how uh, you know Nintendo thinks about confirming being the outside button and then and then back or or cancel is the you know the button on the bottom um, or, or the back button and then we have uh, two buttons down in the center in the middle of the console we've got select on the left and start on the right um, a thought was occurring this week where where I never really thought about how I pressed those buttons I usually just just do it um, I realized that I use my right thumb for both start and select. I, I basically keep my left thumb on the D-pad the whole time I'm holding a Game Boy, and my right thumb is the one moving and pressing all four of these buttons. Um, but I don't know if that's normal or not. I, I would I would guess so because, I mean, select is barely used in any of these games except for things like resets and whatnot. But, like, does anybody use their left thumb for select? I'd be interested. I'll, I'll get an email address if, if you know, for comments, suggestions, and, and whatnot. But yeah, if, if you're somebody who uses their left thumb to reach down and press the select button, let me know because that's that's really interesting to me. Um, the spacing of the B and A button are are nice. A is a little bit more raised than B. Um, so if you're if you're you know have your hands at a normal width holding the console um, and and sort of rest your your thumb on one of the buttons, you can kind of feel the other one. Um, in 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 games where you're meant to be holding down one and then maybe touch another one, like like in Mario where you're going to be holding run and then rolling over to A to jump, feels really good. These buttons also are are a little bit mushier. So if you like more of a clicky button, kind of like on some of the DS revisions, um, you're going to be out of luck here because these are these are definitely mushy, but with like a firmness at the end, which I I, I love these buttons and probably has informed what I what I like in in um, you know button presses for for future uh, future consoles. Um, start and select are all uh, rubber, so the other buttons are mostly plastic. 
um, start and select are these rubber columns that are look like little pills um, or, or little ovals. Um, and they have a kind of a mushy feel to them. And you actually have a have to depress them pretty far in some games or in some instances um, to, to feel that you've you've actually pressed it. So there's actually some sort of um, uncertainty. I feel like when I press select and start at the same time to restart a game of if I actually hit it or not. And one interesting thing as well with a lot of these Game Boy games is that you know the way that it tells you that you've paused the game is not necessarily a big text box that says pause. A lot of these games actually just flash the palette or flash the colors on the screen um, or, or dim the screen itself. So I feel like there's a component of interacting with an, a Game Boy where you press start and you kind of have to look and see if you hit the button correctly. Um, I don't know if that's just me, but yeah, they're, they're, it's just like not as immediate as you know clicking a a firm you know, start button like you would on a, um, you know, on like the N64 or whatnot. Um, in terms of other buttons on the system, you've got the volume slider on the right, which is really good and sturdy and, and, and still feels great after 30 or so years. You have the contrast slider on the left for that screen. Um, and actually probably the most important button at all of all and, and probably the best feeling button on this entire thing is the on off switch at the top. It just makes this incredible clack that when you you you, uh, you you switch it on or switch it off and it's like a statement. It's like I am going to be playing Game Boy right now, or you know somebody yells at you to to stop playing Game Boy and and and, and engage and and you just snap it off and say okay I'm done playing Game Boy. Um, and and there's just a really great tactile clickiness to snapping it off and then seeing the you know the screen either fade away based on the battery health or just snap to that that black line across the screen so um, that on and off button is 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 fantastic and and a little thing about the on and off button is that it actually um, is next to a little slit in the top of the cartridge uh, bay so that it actually keeps the cartridge in the system so when you when you clack it on um, a little piece of plastic like a little wing comes out and make sure that it, it, it keeps the cartridge in the in the slot um, and then you've got the you know the battery bay you got four AA batteries I believe in the original two triple A's in the in the pocket if memory serves correctly uh, and that is basically the buttons so uh, let's talk about the games and and this is just the first episode I'll still figure out the cadence of this thing and how we're gonna do this but um, I'm going to just blast through these ones um, as sort of like the big ones or the canon. So let's start with Super Mario Land 1989, Nintendo R&D. D-pad, um, movement, it's left and right movement. If you're, if uh, you can squat in this game with down on the D-pad, and then you can uh, go through pipes with the D-pad. It's all standard Mario items. The pipes feel okay. Um, left and right feel, feel normal for, for a Mario game. Uh, I will say that one of the best experiences in any of these portable Mario games, especially Mario Land 2, is going up pipes, um, which is not something that in Mario games, you know, it's, it's probably your, the least, um, uh, uh, the, the, the last pipe interaction you focus on. A lot of the times you're either going forward through pipes or down pipes to see if they're secret pipes or whatnot. Um, but there's that 25% or 20% where you're jumping up and holding up to go up a pipe that I just feel, it just feels so good in these games. Um, it kind of takes the the 
you know, most of the jumps that you're performing in Mario, you're looking on where you're landing um, and engaging your your movement and acceleration, you know, in the arc of your jump. So you, you want to not land right next to a Goomba or right, you know, right into a, uh, uh, you know, a pit. You want to land on moving platforms. So you're always gauging on the descent and looking below Mario and, and holding up and jumping and looking at something on the ascent is just a unique experience. And I just I just love going up pipes in, in Mario Land, but especially Mario Land 2, which we'll talk about. Um, a is the jump button. Nothing to say here. You know, the A button feels great on the Game Boy. Um, and holding B to run and then rolling your thumb if you're using just your standard, you know, configuration and you haven't, you know, done any accessibility changes or, or using any add-ons or anything. You kind of just keep the the your thumb on B to run on this game and then roll it over to, to A to do the jump. And that always feels responsive and feels great in, in Mario games. Um, in Mario Land, you get the Fire Flower, which gives you the Super Ball. Um, it's called the Super Ball. I thought it was the Fireball, but Super Ball, and you can shoot those. That feels really good and responsive. Uh, and then the odd thing about Super Mario Land is that there are multiple levels where it turns into an auto-scrolling shooter. Um, so there's the airplane level where you can use B to fire the missiles, and then a submarine level where you can shoot tor- uh, torpedoes, um, which is which is interesting. It's kind of like taking that two two directional movement. Uh, and then you get four directional movement on a subset of these levels, and and B goes from run um, to you know fire uh, because now you no longer need to run because the level is scrolling f- uh, for you and you have a fixed uh, fixed movement speed. Um, start is pause, and then select. As far as I'm aware, doesn't do anything in this game, and that's kind of uh, uh, one of those one of those big questions I wanna I wanna answer is what Game Boy games you select beyond just pressing all of the buttons at the same time to reset the game. Uh, there's going to be some op- good options in, in the ones we're talking about today. But yeah, w- what are those games that you select, at, if at all? Because at this point, select's almost on the way out, right? A lot of NES games, you're using select to move the cursor on the home menu um, or the, the, the main menu of games. But like even at this point, you know, I'm loading up games on the Game Boy and, and you're using the D-pad to select things and you're pressing A instead of start. So select are almost on its way out at, at this point. So I, I want to see what, what kind of interesting thing interesting uh uses of select exist out there um okay one thing to note too is is uh, uh there's an archive.org um archive which has a list of all of the and, and scans like pdf scans of all of the Game Boy manuals and that has been a huge help for figuring out you know any hidden uses of any of the buttons and a lot of the times they have really cute diagrams and and fun illustrations of of the Game Boy itself and, and the actions that you can take. So it's I'm going to put it in the show notes and probably on whatever website I end up with for this to, to link to that because it's really, really an integral part of, of, of what these games were. You'd buy the box and you'd flip through the manual um, and, and that would tell you usually the setup um, if there's kind of a cinematic or story element and then, and then, you know, button presses and then how to, or, you know, how to, how to, you know, perform the tasks in the game. It's funny to think about like Pokemon, a thing that's just been so set in stone since the late nineties, mid nineties that like trying to explain what Pokemon was on that first version to somebody who had never played it before that, that manual is like 30 pages long, whereas like alleyway or super Mario land are like eight pages long. So that even that's a kind of interesting um, uh, uh, tidbit. And, and, and the Pokemon manual has a lot of, uh, information about how to control and, and the different game states, even though it's basically a three or four button or a, you know, D-pad and A button game. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll get there. So yeah, that's Super Mario Land. 
Uh, Super Mario Land 2, a.k.a. the best uh, Mario game that's ever been made, other than Super Mario Bros. on the NES. Um, I know that... that yeah, I, I love... I, li- I like all Mario games. Um, there's some I like more or less than others, but Super Mario Land is just my Mario game. Um, I love 64. You know, I love Super Mario Land. Uh, 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 Super Mario 3D Land, that one's really, really good. Um, but yeah, Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins is just... It's just, it's just great. Um, Mario is just huge <laughs> on the screen, and the jumps are just massive on this. So the D-pad in here is movement. Um, you can squat, and then again, those up pipes feel great in this game. There is a lot of pipe business in some of these levels. Um, over to A, we've got jump, where you're just taking tremendous leaps in this game. I mean, it, it comes back with Metroid 2, where Mario is just huge compared to the view you have of the level on your screen. And you're just taking a lot of leaps of faith in this game that usually turn out all right. Uh, it doesn't punish you, unlike Donkey Kong Land, which we'll turn talk about later. But you're just taking huge running leaps in this game. And, and combined with Bunny Mario, where you can just hold or mash the A button to slowly descend, you can just take a running leap and, and clear entire levels just holding A or mashing A and holding right. Um, and that just feels really, really good. And these buttons are perfectly suited for you know Bunny Mario. Um, there's a lot of swimming and interesting things that hinder or help your movement in this game. Um, mashing A in the jelly, like the, not jelly, but like the sap in the tree levels feels great. Um, the space jumps, they do a lot with the space jumps in this game, especially when you get those pigs that shoot the bowling balls out of their nostrils, where you can just take this massive holding A leap on the moon um, and then just time it with you know, where the pig is shooting a 45-degree bowling ball up at you, land on that, and, and, and that spins up another huge jump. It just, the, the, they just nailed the movement and the jumping in this, and the button fre- presses feel so impactful and great. The acceleration curve on left and right feels so good. Um, you know, ducking down and going up pipes is instant. Um, the fireballs are good, and in this game, you can finally carry shells, unlike Super Mario Land 1, and, and, and that feels really good. Um, unlike Mario 2 for the NES, where um, you have to actually, you, I think you p- hold down and press B to pick up in that game, and then you have to press B again to, to throw. I've always been a fan of holding while you're uh, holding the button to hold the item and then letting go when Mario lets go. I think that, that tension of the, you know, I've got something kind of loaded um, on, on Mario and I'm letting go to release just it just feels good and it puts a lot more weight on how you're using the d-pad to navigate and it takes your your um, uh, your focus away from from running and, and and you know into holding a button intentionally which which feels really really good on the Game Boy um, if these buttons were like clickier or, or more shallow I feel like the amount of times you hold a and B in this game would would feel worse but or, or be more um, uh, you know, be just be a little bit uh, more tedious, but it feels so good in this game. Uh, again, start is pause and select. I didn't know this, but select is exit completed level. Uh, so if you had already completed a level, apparently you can press select and, and go back, which I don't think I ever used. I, the levels are so short or you just, you know, intentionally die and, and go back. But uh, this game is, is, is great and you should play it and it's probably the best. Uh, Wario Land 3, Super Mario Land 3, there's a lot more movement and, and attack options in this game. You're not running anymore as, as much as you're putting on different power-ups that do different things. So D-pad, again, is move, pipes, uh, but this game has one additional movement option, which is when you have the bull 
hat. I think that's the one with the horns on it. You can hold up with Wario and stick to ceilings, which I never had to use in the game to get through anything, but it feels incredible. Again, in Wario games and in Mario games, you're looking down most of the times. Where are you landing and gauging that? So to actually use the ceiling to your advantage and to hold up and just stay stuck as long as you're holding the up um, on the D-pad, it, it, it didn't happen until you know, I'd accidentally done it, and then I read the manual, and it, it was right in there. And there was a light bulb moment, and it just it just feels so good. And I I love this idea, and, and I think that Mario game should should use up more and more. Uh, maybe they do. I don't know. I, I don't have a you know photographic memory of every Mario power-up, but usually they involve A or, or the B button. But, yeah, holding up and not pressing a button after you're doing the action feels feels great. Um, in Wario Land, uh, Super Mario Land 3, you, you uh, hold A to jump. Uh, you press A to swim. And then B has a lot of contextual um, presses. So based on what hat you have, you either are going to use your dragon breath, you're going to use the jet power-up where you jump with A and then hit B in the air, and you're going to do like a Kirby fireball. Uh, and then you've got the bowl, which lets you um, uh, shoulder charge a little bit more. Um, you can throw things by jumping on people, and then I think it's an automatic pickup, which is good, and then you press B to throw it. Um, and then there's the body slam, and up and B pulls out a coin to use to unlock doors. And, and that one I... I was struggling with a little bit because you just forget the input every once in a while. Like you'll get to the end of the level and you'll need to put a coin in something or you'll you'll see the gate for the secret treasure and you'll just be thinking about like, okay, what was that again? How did I do that? Or if you've never done it before, it's not intuitive to just say, oh, I'm just going to hit up and B at the same time. Um, if you play Castlevania or like have, have experience with games of this era, you might know that, you know, there's contextual button and directional pr- presses. But unless you read the manual, um, up and B was something that I just came across accidentally, and then and then went and looked it up once I once I did it the first time. So definitely intended to you know be reading the manual before you're playing any of these games if you're playing this out in 1994 or whatever. Uh, start will pause the game, and then start actually starts from the the start screen. Oh, one more thing about Super Mario Land Two: if you hold down and jump with the A button, Mario does a spinning jump, which is uh, in other Mario games, but feels really good here. I, I like the intentionality of holding a directional button and then pressing the A button. Uh, it, it just feels really good, and, and and the spinning jump is just it's just fun. It's just a fun thing to do, like put a little flair on Mario's jump. Okay, Tetris, 1989. Tetris is Tetris. It's probably the most famous game on here. It's it's you know it's 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 Tetris. Uh, this version of Tetris doesn't have holds, so you can't hold an extra piece, nor does it have the press up to auto-drop. So when you when it comes to Tetris on the Game Boy, you're limited to uh, moving with the D-pad, and uh, the only other movement option you have is once you hear the thud of the Tetramino or the Tetris piece on the floor or on other pieces, you can move a little bit to fix your mistakes, which feels great. I think it feels way better than Dr. Mario. I actually don't think Dr. Mario has this um, uh, this grace period where after the thud of the piece, you can actually move it around a little bit. If it does, it's way tighter. I'd have to, I'd have to test it out again, but I think this just lends Tetris a little bit more forgiveness that is fair and feels way better. Cause in Dr. Mario, when you mess up, you, it's just frustrating. You're like, Oh, I could have fixed this if my brain worked a little bit faster. Whereas in Tetris, you say, Oh, I, I messed this up. Oh, I can fix this. Let me, let me get another shot at that and move it left and right quickly to fill in any gaps. And I, I just think that it, it doesn't really break the game or make it too easy, but it's still fair and makes you feel like you're in control. So the combination of the 
thud kind of sound effect and that the mushiness of the D-pad makes it feel like a little bit of um, uh, uh, of excitement like after the button has been, after the uh, the block has been placed. A is confirm in the menu and then rotates it uh, clockwise. B rotates it counterclockwise, uh, uh, f- feels really good, responsive, does exactly what you want. Uh, there is a moment where, you know, I feel like most people starting off just use A or or B, whatever you're more um, uh, inclined to use, to just use the one button for rotation. And then once you learn that the other button goes the other way, then you feel like you're playing, you're 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 better at playing the instrument of Tetris, right? So uh, I played just with the A button for the longest time, and then there's parts where you just get sick of rotating the L block three times to get it the way you want, and then you realize you can do it once with B, and then your brain just snaps into Tetris always being a two-button game uh, instead of a one-button game, and, and that feels really, really good. And then eventually it becomes, you know, more buttons as you get holds and, and whatnot. But, you know, the lack of holding, pressing up to just drop the, the block. Um, we'll have to play Tetris World and Tetris 2 um, uh, on other episodes to see if they if they introduce that by the end of the Game Boy's life. Start will pause the game. Um, if you press down and start on the menu, you'll get a harder game, which, again, I only learned from reading the menu. Uh, I play Tetris up into a point and then, you know, usually play until level nine and, and then beyond level nine. But from the menu, uh, I never was like looking at level nine and being, oh, I wish I could start at 15 or whatever. I know some people are like that. Um, but yeah, apparently you can hold down and press start and you get a harder game uh, to begin with. And then this is our first game where when you press A, B, select and start at the same time, you can reset the the game itself. It's it's kind of funny to think about this being a reset in in Game Boy games because it's probably just as fast to turn off Tetris and turn it back on. Uh, you do have to wait for the Nintendo Boot ROM to finish, but uh, it's just funny because you know nowadays if you wanted to turn off your PS5 and then reload it to get to the start menu of a game, that would be like a minute's endeavor. Whereas in this, it's like less than a minute to just cycle it off with that clicky on-off button. Um, but yeah, so AB Select Start becomes the de facto way to reset your game on on a lot of these coming up. Dr. Mario, same idea. It's a it's a block dropping puzzle game. Um, you can move the vitamins using the uh, uh, D-pad. You can only quick drop down by holding the down, but you can't hold up to quick drop it. Uh, and you cannot, I don't think you can move it after after the block has dropped. So, you know, it just, I don't know. Dr. Mario has never been my thing. We had it growing up. Um, I always reached for Tetris before Dr. Mario. The music I thought was, was you know, good and if not better than Tetris as a, as a kid playing it, but that would have been maybe the only reason to play it. But otherwise I would just, I would just play Tetris. Um, but it, it's still fun. I, I do like Dr. Mario. Um, A rotates clockwise, B rotates counterclockwise, start as pause, and then select actually does move the cursor on the title screen here. Uh, I don't think that there's a reset. I'd have to check if all the buttons reset. I don't think there is, though. Um, okay, Metroid 2 Return of Samus. Now, this was a game that I, I played when it came out, um, a little bit after it came out, because it came out in 91, and I probably was playing it in, like, 96 or 97. Uh I always was was scared and confused by this game as a kid, uh, and I since have have grown up to kind of like like Metroid. Never loved it. I always liked the NES version. I liked some of the Metroid uh, Metroid Prime One and Metroid Prime Two. Um, you know, Super Metroid never was like the the thing that people told me it was at, like the de facto best Metroid game because I had already played Fusion and the NES one at that point, and I was like, oh, these are 
These are better than Super Metroid. Um, and then I was just always told Metroid 2 is just the, the black sheep, don't go back, it's not worth it. And and this is my favorite Tetris game, or Metroid game now. Um, again, Samus is just so big on the screen. And the because Samus is so big on the screen, and it's and there's so much limited view of where you are, the smaller environment total compared to like some of the other games, it, it still feels like you're in a large cavern. Um, so the look and feel of this is great, and I feel that the the jumping and the movement speed and, and how these button presses interact with just your limited visibility at any given point feels so good. And it's not, it, when I say, you know, big, it's not like you're taking up the whole screen. It's just that, you know, you don't see above and below you to such a big, a large degree that it's going to make an impact. Um, and there's a lot less of the kind of up and down elevator uh, uh, paths that you would find in like an NES Tetris. They just kind of cut the fat and it, it's just it's just really, really fun. Um, the movement. So you got D-pad for, for movement. When you're in the air after a jump, you're aiming up or aiming down. Um, when you're on the ground, of course, down is the morph ball. Uh, a is jump, which feels great. Uh, I've always had an issue with like the, the screw attack or the charge jump. I, I forget what the, the one before the screw attack, maybe space jump. Um, no, it might just, I forget what it's called, but the one where you can spin without attacking and then you get the screw attack, which has the electrical, you know, attack on it. Um, I just feel like it's not lenient enough. I, it, it doesn't feel good to like hit the button in that rhythm 40 or so times. And then on that 41st, you accidentally hit before the descent happens. And then it doesn't accept your input to do the next screw attack. Um, so that, that's where the button presses feel annoying it does feel good to get up somewhere with the screw attack if you're doing it correctly there's just that little bit of anxiety in the back of your mind when you're when you're doing it so um again the a button i, I feel like i'm not missing inputs it's just if you do it too early or too late because you're, you just hit it off rhythm or you're trying to avoid an enemy on the way up um it can get frustrating to miss that button press but that's not the button's fault that's that's you know just i wish it was a little bit more lenient um b is shoot Shooting feels great in this game, and you get a lot of the power-up weapons early to, to increase your beam. Um, so that's never an issue. This game's actually pretty easy compared to some of the other uh, Metroid games. Start pauses it, uh, and then select. So this is where the first game where select has become you know uh, very important to the game itself. So select is for the missile uh, itself, which is great because you're going to need missiles in different types of... of um, uh, uh, oh, and the spider ball throughout the, the game. And select uh, toggles that on for you. So start is definitely pause. So in your head, you're just saying, okay, start start is start no matter what. And then this was the first Game Boy out of this game out of this batch where I was hitting select often enough, um, aside from Zelda, but um, where, where it was actually you know selecting a second weapon. So I don't think there's a good way to, they could have done this with, with Metroid on the system. I think it's perfect that there's that extra select button on here, and it always felt good. Again, I used my right thumb for select every time. I never had any missed button presses because the travel time is is not that bad between select and the other ones, but I'm just curious if, like, I, I guess you would never want to take your thumb off of the D-pad while you're sw switching missiles, especially if you're fighting a fast-moving enemy. Um, but, yeah, select feels really good in this game, and, and, and I had fun using it. Uh, and then, of course, the all buttons on this one reset you back to the title screen. Kirby's Dreamland. Oh, actually, let, let's talk about the spider ball. So the movement of the spider ball in, in Metroid 2, um, when you press select when you're in the morph ball, I believe it puts that little ring around you, and then you could start moving. I will say there are times where 
Uh, if you don't have the order of operations in your head, it can get frustrating and you feel like you should be sticking to something, but you're not. You kind of have to like jump and then stick onto it or or let go of all the buttons and then start moving again and then it registers the stick correctly. You get used to it and there's actually some really good feeling opportunities where you're using the bombs to launch yourself, then turning on the stick with um, the select button and it becomes kind of uh, um, like a twister with your fingers where you're you're pressing the bomb or you're using the jump ability you get like a, a morph ball jump and then you're quickly pressing select while moving samus with the d-pad and that's that's the one area where the, the travel time is is very unique and interesting to the game boy itself um if you played this on a keyboard i'm sure that if you had select kind of in the back of your mind is oh it's not really going to be important i'll put that on i don't know uh right shift or something or, or c or v um once you have to start doing that, that may be a time where you have to remind your controls. But yeah, it feels, feels really good on the, on the Game Boy. Kirby's Dream Land, uh, this classic, uh, great Kirby game. No copying abilities, you just have the puffs, that's all. Um, D-pad is move. Uh, D-pad also, when you press up, it inflates Kirby, which gives you a free puff. Or when it inflates you, you can fly with Kirby. So up is very, very important in this game in a way that it isn't as much with Mario, right? Mario basically eliminates the up button unless you're going up a pipe. Um, but in Kirby, it's all about the up button. So that's that's an interesting kind of uh, dynamic of, you know, what D button presses you're doing based on the type of game. Uh, you also have Crouch and Swallow are down. So this is a game where left and right are, are given. Uh, I'll use the phrase are, are given as in, you, you know you need to move Kirby from left to right from the first screen. Um, but up and down are more intentional. So, you know, left and right are just innate in what you're trying to do. And then the thinking begins on, okay, when do I inflate and when do I swallow uh, with that? And, and it's all contextual based on where Kirby is and what actions you're taking. So I, I kind of like this paradigm of half of the D-pad um, is used for just kind of um, automated movement in your brain. And then you think about, you know, the other half of the D-pad differently. And, and it really gets down to kind of micromanaging what buttons you're pressing at any given time. It's it's not a hard enough game to to it's not, it, this makes it sound like you have to be thinking about this all the time. It's just no taking a step back. You know, up and down are, are intentional in this game. Left and right are kind of just given. Um, a is jump, and then if you're holding down and you press A, you jump down. I've always loved this input, no matter what console it's on. When you're on a ladder or a, a ledge and it's like dotted or or not as um, solid looking, and you hold down and press A, and your character jumps down. It just feels so good. It's just it's just awesome. I love holding down and jumping, um, and and that's the type of like micro interaction that 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 you know. It's really cool that that developers put that into games, and it's not like a different button press. You have to hit like B and in, in, instead of A or something like that. Um, B is inhale and puff, so you can suck enemies in with B and then puff them out with with um, B. A is start, and then select is reset back to the home page. Um, I, I say homepage because I'm looking at a, a at a computer screen with a web page, but uh, uh, menu screen. Uh, Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening, 1993, from Nintendo EAD. Uh, the best Zelda game, probably the best 2D Zelda game as well as better. It's better. I would rather play it than the 3D Zelda games. Um, I love it in all of its incarnations. I love the DX version. I, I like the Switch version. It, you know, it's just like a different flavor of what you're used to. Um, this is a game I probably could play blindfolded and get through, not blindfolded, but I could, I, I could, you could breeze through a tail cave without, you know, while doing something completely different. You know, I could be, you know, walking through an airport or, or you know, walking down the street and, and 
not driving a car, but <laughs> I, this this game is burned into my brain. Um, it, and it, it partly comes down to the feeling you have playing it. Um, so, you know, the thing about Zelda games is that many of them allow you to customize how you're playing it while you're playing it, and it's just baked in. Um, meaning, you know, it's a game about collecting items to unlock doors and keys and, and whatnot. Um, but you're, the, the key thing about Zelda is that you're allowed to assign which buttons your items are on. So whether it's Ocarina of Time or Wind Waker, where you have the C stick um, or the C buttons to uh, put your items on, um, or, or, you know, even in the original NES one, what you're assigning your, your, to, your, uh, to your buttons. Uh, Link's Awakening is just, it's just perfect. So the movement speed is really good. Um, this is, I think, one of the first games I'm going to talk about where you have full directional movement. So diagonals are huge on this. Um, even though the, the levels are built to sort of a grid system, um, you do ha- and, and enemies do move in sort of a, a, a four-directional way. Um, I think there's some enemies that might move diagonally but but link moves diagonally and it feels really really good i think they did a great job um designing just what the collisions are and and how to navigate link through um so so the d-pad feels phenomenal on this game and and it actually changes how the d-pad works when you're in the side scrolling sections so if you haven't played link's awakening there's parts where it becomes a 2d side scroller and you'll fight enemies like goombas and using your um uh, like your hook shot and, and other items to to navigate 2D, you know, side-scrolling um, uh, uh, spaces, uh, which is which is really interesting. Uh, so yeah, D-pad is great. A use item. So A and B both use item. I'll talk about that in just a second. And then A also talks and and inspects, you know, NPCs and and signs and and things like that. So the A button for inspecting, it's all standard. Um, but the huge part is the combination you'll get with your right thumb when you're pressing start and then assigning things to B and A. So this is a game where you often need to use lots of different items for contextual puzzles um, and even world travel. There's areas where you need to use one specific item and then there's areas where you can use a combination of items to get past it. So you are always in the menu, you know, pressing start. There's that few seconds where the the, the page is scrolling up to get the start menu there, and then you're assigning items to B and A, swapping them out, you know, kind of using a copy and paste mechanic, and then pressing start again to drop the menu and get back into the game. And this is where the, you know, the personalization and, and the little personal flares of how people play come out, and that's what makes this game really special to me, uh, is that, you know, I might be somebody who puts sword on B and rocks feather on A, uh, there might be people who actually use the shield and put that on A. There might be people who swing their sword with A and use the shield on B. I think when I first started playing this in the 90s, I actually think I was an A sword on A and, and shield on B person. Um, but now I, I either just do like like bow on A and rocks feather on B or rocks feather on B and uh, boomerang on A. Um, or, or, you know, you can go total uh, chaos and do like ocarina on A. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, bomb on B, probably the worst loadout in the game. Um, but yeah, it just feels good, and it's so snappy. Um, whereas Ocarina has that couple, you know, that you've, you've got the the multiple sub screens um, on the start menu where you're assigning things out, and and you have to press B, and it says, "Do you want to save?" Every single time you're on the save menu, um, this game's just really snappy. Uh, the puzzles are always immediate, and you can use creative creativity to to get through them with with what you got. Um, start is the subscreen menu, like I mentioned, and then select. You're using select all the time in this game. 
uh, mostly for maps and then uh, in the quit menu. So if you do A, B, select, and start, that's actually where you can save your game and then and then quit the game. So, you know, absolutely uh, a great game and, and, you know, my favorite Zelda game. Pokemon uh, Green, Red, US Red, US Blue, and Yellow. I'm just lumping these in all as one. These are JRPGs in which you are mostly walking with the D-pad and pressing A. <laughs> um, I think the D-pad in this game is really, really good. There's just a specific red and blue feel in the US or, or green and red feel where you know exactly where in the walk cycle you know, in the animation, where to let go to stop and where to start up. And this is a game about, you know, whether either you're in the safari zone or you're just trying to avoid tall grass or you're um, trying to do pixel, uh, not pixel perfect, but like grid-based perfect movement to get around certain trainers' line of sight, um, especially when, you know, maybe you're not as familiar with where the uh, the trainer placement is and you don't have any potions you know your main guy is uh is poisoned and and you want to avoid any more trainer battles um this is a great game where where once you pick up where the movement is leaving you your d-pad you get so good at it um and and just the ability to just quickly tap and change the direction of the player character feels so good and it's always that's just been a staple of pokemon in my mind um obviously they 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 expand the movement options and like with the, the the mock bike and the trick bike in in um uh, in Gen three, and then there's just other items like flying and some more um you know hands on control that you get in later versions. But in this original, you know, having the bike and having the the move and having the quick you know quick redirect, it feels so good. And and putting items on the number of steps you've taken, like a repel or um or like the safari zone you're really aware of how your movement is working even though it's so simple and on a grid system um this game is so well tuned around the grid system of movement um it would be interesting if somebody made like a put legend of zelda movement or like link's awakening movement in this game um it probably just would lose part of that that flavor and and some of the puzzles right are so based on knowing the movement like in saffron city uh, or in Silphco or wherever, where you have to the sliding floor puzzles, um, that that's one where you need to know how to rearrange your character and and how quickly you're moving. So I, I would say this is one of the most like iconic in my brain um, uses of the D pad in in all of Game Boy and and basically all of video games. Um, and and it just it just lends it a, a perfect feel. And I don't even know how intentional it was. It must have been since they designed so many puzzles around it. Um, but yeah, even in like Gen Two, there's like the ice ice gym where you're pushing boulders and sliding around and stuff like that, and and it all just is so perfectly tuned to to the D pad of the Game Boy. Um, talking and confirming feels good. Uh, you get in, because you're hitting so many text boxes in this game, you know exactly what wh what the lag is by the end of the you know by the time the text is at the end of the box when you press A to start the next one. Um, and then, you know, holding B and mashing to make the text go faster. These are all kind of meta games on top of um, all of these Game Boy games where you've got little boxes of text because sometimes you get a wordy game and they can't display so many characters on screen at a time. So when somebody has a long, uh, a long speech to do, you're just holding B and mashing A or vice versa, uh, which just feels really good because the buttons have that mushiness to them that, that aren't taxing on the fingers, but also you can, you know, kind of mash pretty quickly on this. You, you know when you're pressing. Uh, B cancels, which feels pretty good. Start menu feels good. Like when you press the start menu, you get a little uh, percussive 
um, hit on the static channel of the audio engine, uh, and then it brings open the menu like a, a couple. It's like it's not a second, but it's like a half second or so, and it just feels like boom, the menu is open, and then because the menu pops up and it's half of the screen, it's just a very unique. Um, feeling of I, I did that when I pressed the start button. So the start button and the and the the all of the buttons in the in these games are just phenomenal. Um, it, it it's it's so good to play and it still feels good to this day. Um, select allows you to rearrange items. Um, to use that, I I never use select in this game. I actually didn't really know <laughs> until recently you could use the select button. I usually just use start and and A and B and whatnot. So, um, yeah, that that's Pokemon. Um, Donkey Kong 94, if you have not played this game and you've heard people, you know, talk about it, it is absolutely worth it just to do the, um, the Super Mario 64 jump or the Mario 64 jump. They, they put the Mario 64 jump in this or, or vice versa. They put the Donkey Kong 94 jump in Mario 64. Um, so this game has a ton of inputs and it feels so good. Um, playing the original Donkey Kong from the, from the, uh, the arcade, um, it's very stiff, right? The the inputs for going up and down a ladder are so precise, and the you know w- when you reach the top of the ladder, sometimes you hit left and right, and you think it's gonna let you off, but you're still on, and you get hit by a barrel, and and sometimes that game feels very bad. Um, same thing with the the time between when you can jump. Um, uh, uh, you can't mash the button in the arcade version. Uh, you have to take a bit. Where in this game, the jump feels phenomenal. You're 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 leaping in this one. Um, D-pad, you you move. Uh, you can hold up to spin on a rope. You can hold down to crouch, and then from the crouch position, you can press A to do the hand to flip and do the handstand. And then when you're in the handstand, you can kick items with your feet or uh, jump from the handstand and do a high jump. So it actually helps to do a two-part jump, which whenever you have to string multiple inputs in multiple states of a character on the Game Boy, it feels really, when it's done intentionally, it feels so good. And especially in this game, um, when there's so many uses for that high jump, it, it's it's incredible. Um, a also just jumps normally, lets go of the ropes. Um, and then And then, like I mentioned, the Mario jump, where you're running and you press the opposite direction of where you're running and press A, and you do that leap backwards. And in this game, sometimes it can get you in trouble because there's not a lot of space between you and the enemies on certain levels, but... For the most part, it, it feels so you like you have so much freedom freedom of movement in this game, and it, it feels like they've translated. <laughs> no joke that that if you're used to Mario sixty four, it feels like they put it on the Game Boy. It, it feels so good. Um, the B button again, a lot of contextual items here. Pick up and throw, but if you throw while holding RL, you can throw it further. You can jump while holding something, and then press B again to throw it from your jump. So you're stringing together, you know, a pickup action with B a jump with A, um, and then holding a direction with the D-pad and throwing again, which feels amazing. Uh, and then switches. There's a lot of elevator switches and what that you need to trigger in this game. And when you hold up and press B, again, similar to the, uh, you know, like down in A with Mario spin jumping and whatnot, um, or like slides in other Mar- Kirby games where you hold down and hit A like in Mega Man or whatever, when you do up and B to do the switch, it feels like, yes, it, it's it's leading me towards that answer. You might go to a switch and hit A and not know how to do it. You might hit B and not know how to do it, but you hit up and B, and it feels good. Um, I also do like games where you're carrying a key, and when you're carrying the key and bring it to the locked door, you don't need to press anything. At least if I remember correctly, you don't need to press anything. It just takes it and, and, and puts it in. Uh, I always prefer that than to get to a door and press a button to open it up. That just that button press is just never satisfying. 
Um, so in this game, I think you would just bring the key in and just put it right in the door, and it, it, it gets you through the level. Um, start is pause, and then in select, we have show time to clear if you're on time trials, and then reset with all the buttons. Um, Donkey Kong Land. Um, so as a <laughs> disclaimer, I, I've never liked Donkey Kong Country. It's like pulling teeth whenever I play that game. I, I totally respect the amount of effort it went in for the, uh, the, you know, the graphical elements. The soundtrack is, is iconic and I, uh, you know, you'll listen to, uh, aquatic ambience or whatever it's called, um, uh, millions of times, you know, the, the, just everything about it, you know, visually and, and, and. Um, the audio, it, it it's well regarded for a reason. Um, the fact was that we were a Sega Genesis family growing up, and I was just always so suspect of Donkey Kong Country. It just never felt as good to me as like Strider or um, Gunstar Heroes or any of the other platformers I was playing on uh, on on Sega Genesis, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, that sort of thing. So th- that could just be deep seated, you know, n- maybe jealousy or that I didn't have a Super Nintendo, but. Whenever we went over to a friend's house and like the older brother was had the had the PlayStation, so we had to play uh, Super Nintendo. Everybody would always want to play Donkey Kong Country, and I just didn't get it. I was like, "This game is too hard. Um, it punishes you for wanting to run fast, and it feels terrible to play." It's like it felt like I don't know. I, I've just never gelled with this game. So I was gonna play through Donkey Kong Land one, two, and three for this pilot episode. I just <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to do it. I probably won't be playing two or three anytime soon. Um, I, I got through the whole thing though. Um, but yeah, man, Donkey Kong Land. Uh, so the D-pad is move. There's a quick movement speed to this, so it's not like Mario where there's an acceleration and deacceleration that 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 has a weighty inertia to it. Um, you're basically snapping back and forth between left and right here, um, which can which can feel cheap um, in some games and and feel really good in others. Like I mentioned, Gunstar Heroes, like you know you snap back left and right for that, but that feels good because you're chaining that with gun with with shots from the different weapons, and you're it's more of like an arcade action game. Um, in this game, moving back and forth, it just it just makes the platforming, you know, you need it to be this snappy because the, the levels are so relentless, but it just always has felt so, like, cheap and, and, and chintzy to me. So I, I, I don't know. The, the movement in this game has never felt good to me. Um, the, I'm going to skip to the B button because the roll, again, the roll just feels mushy and unintentional, and um, I, I never understood the intervals between when you could roll uh, this is just me being a hater and being biased towards Donkey against Donkey Kong Land and Country. Um, never liked the role, never used it. I always felt like I could either just wait for the enemy cycle and walk underneath or above them or just jump over them. So the role was basically useless in this game to me. Um, you can use B to pick up a barrel. And again, I do like that this is the release to throw um, rather than picking it up and then pressing a button again to throw it. A is good for jumping and swimming. You have a good jump in this game. Again, it, it's too instant. If that's a comp, at this point I'm just being rude. <laughs> Usually I like I like instant button presses, but I don't know. There's something about this to maybe just the animation or or, or how it feels as a package with that slow roll. But like, I, just the movement and jump in this game, just I never liked it. it, it the acceleration's weird. The animation's weird to me. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I, I feel rude if this is like somebody's favorite game or it's like, oh, I love Donkey Kong Country. I've always wanted to play land. Um, <laughs> just not for me. Sorry. Um, start uh, is the pause and then select. You can switch to the other Kong. Uh, you can jump off the animals uh, when you ride them and then you can exit a completed level if you press start and select at the same time. Um, so yeah, that, that, that basically sums up the big ones I wanted to get through. Definitely if you haven't played Link's Awakening or Return uh, of Samus or um, 
Mario Land 2, super worth it to go back. Those are some of my favorite games. Again, th- these are all games that are like well-written about. Everybody's played them in this space. Um, I, I don't want to say everybody's played this to make people feel left out, but it's just one of those things where if you, you know, if you're going to Google Cave Noir for the Game Boy, you're not going to get as many hits as Super Mario Land, even if you know a lot of people haven't played those games. Um, but yeah, I would, I would definitely go back. A lot of these games, the, the benefit is that they take under 10 hours to beat. Super Mario Land takes like 30 minutes to 40 minutes, so just play it. It's, it's right there. Um, play original Tetris. See what it feels like compared to like Tetris Effect or one of the new ones. Um, play... play uh, uh, you know, play Link's Awakening. Just swing your sword around, or or just even if you don't make it to, through the first gym in Pokemon, just just feel what it's like to use the D-pad in that game, and how you know there's a, an inner danger to walking in tall grass or around uh, trainers where you need to know you know what the limits of the D-pad movement are. But yeah, so I don't know what the cadence is going to be. I'll have an email address. I'll have a website. Um, I'll, I'll get all that stuff together. Um, but yeah, just wanted to do this to have fun, talk about Bretton presses, and then I will. Uh, I'm going to pick some more games, and we'll we'll see you next time. So thanks for listening if you found us. All right. Bye.